Welcome to episode 24 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. Today's guest is uh, Nolan Nitschke from Bishop, California. Man, we had a really fun conversation. It was like, oh man, it's been an hour and we haven't, yeah, it was so fun. Like we just covered so much and it was just like two friends talking, man. That's what I love about this podcast. Um, we talked about uh, Nolan's uh, gallery that he opened up there in Bishop, California and um, what kind of influenced him to open that gallery and uh, how he's, you know, he, his whole philosophy is he, he's all about the print and and it's really fun talking about that. And um, we talked about uh, social media versus seeing the photo in real life and uh um, he kind of flipped the switch on me and asked me a tough question and it was just a fun conversation. I think you guys are going to really like this, this podcast. Um, as usual, please take time to rate the podcast, um, iTunes and Stitcher and, uh, feel free to reach out to me on social media, uh, uh, Matt Payne photo or Matt Payne photography. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Nitschke, man, it's super cool to have you on the podcast, man. Oh, so happy to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me, and yeah, it's going to be a great time. Absolutely, man. I uh, yeah, I got pretty stoked on uh, um, having you on ever since I saw that video that David Thompson posted uh, in your new gallery. Like, I was like, oh, that place looks super <laughs> sick. I was like, oh, that's like that, that's like my dream someday of having like that. Even if I don't make any money, I just want to have my own place where I can show people my stuff. And that's that's exactly where I am. Uh, you know, big shout out to my boy, old D Breezy over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was really nice of him to do that. He's uh, he, one of my closest friends, and yeah, it was awesome. I always love having him over. Yeah, he's such a cool dude. Uh, it was awesome having him on the podcast, too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was just really impressed by the way um, the way your photos look there in the video. Uh, thanks. I really appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, the video doesn't do it a whole lot of justice in reality, you know? <laughs> well, it's got to be better than a, a Instagram post, right? Um, <laughs> maybe. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like seeing a print in person, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, that's one of the topics we'll, we'll cover today. But uh, uh, first, um, I thought it'd be cool um, just for you to maybe talk a little bit about, um, yourself, like, I mean, I've, I did a little bit of sleuthing, um, about you, but I thought it'd be better to just hear it straight from, straight from the mouth of babes, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, tell us, tell us about yourself. Um, well, I'm, uh, 31. I've been photographing for 13, 14 years now. Okay. Um, favorite thing in the world to do. Um, I live in, uh, Bishop, California in the Eastern Sierras. I moved here when I was one. My family moved us here. Um, only left for four years for college and, uh, came back as soon as I possibly could. And yeah, oh, just opened up a gallery. It's been a dream of mine for a while and it's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I, I read, uh, on your website that, um, that you used to be, um, used to work for the Forest Service, like, uh, you know, like trail restoration and probably, I'm guessing like you went into the wilderness and cleaned up shitty campsites and stuff like that. Um, I've definitely done that. Not so much for work, <laughs> okay. but, uh, yeah, no, I worked for the Forest Service for seven years, uh, right after college. Um, did a lot of trail restoration and built a lot of trail here in the Sierras. Uh, was it was an amazing time. Uh, I there's still a lot there's still a lot of times that I wish I was still doing that. It was you know you get to go back there for nine days at a time uh, and get paid for it and get paid for it and uh, <laughs> it, it was so great. I uh, the problem is it's it was a seasonal gig and at some point you need to find something a little more permanent and 
But oh, I, I, there's definitely days that I miss that a lot. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Well, I think it's cool that, um, like, the core of who you, like, where you came from is someone who is, like, doing conservation work. Like, you weren't just speaking it. Like, you were actually doing it. Yeah, it it changed a lot during the time I was there, too. Um, you know, unfortunately, our entire forest is... Well, and I think it's kind of the trend everywhere, but our funding just keeps getting less and less and less in the areas that we want to be protected and we want to stay beautiful and we don't want people doing stupid things in and and it just gets harder and harder. So it's kind of unfortunate in that regard, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I miss it for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like, uh, it sounds to me though, like you kind of really... Um, I guess, grew your passion for that area and photography of that area through that work? Um, it was almost kind of reverse. Oh, cool. Uh, the work itself was a really great way to keep pursuing what I was already doing. Okay, um, okay. It was kind of one of those, you know, kill two birds with one stone kind of scenario. Um, you know, you're not working during sunrise or sunset, and you're back there in the middle of nowhere for nine days at a time and just hike your camera gear in work all day and try to muster up the energy to you know, <laughs> the other hours. And yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it definitely had benefits for the photography for sure. So I bet, um, through doing that kind of work, uh, you got to learn a lot about the logistics of, um, planning those big multi-day trips and, and like how to make the most, bang for the buck in terms of locations and sunrises and sunsets and stuff like that. Um, I was curious, like, how did that translate into your um, photography? I'm not going to lie, man. Trying to pack camera gear on with shovels and rock bars, (laughs) you know, sometimes nine days worth of food too with no, you know, occasionally we would get, we call it pack support. You'd get, you know, a mule team would come and supply you and, um, most of the time it wasn't. And, oh, it, you know, you're going back there with like 80 pound packs sometimes. And you're just like, oh, this is going to suck so bad. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it I, I was pretty good, you know, at prepping for long backpacks and stuff ahead of time, but I definitely learned the value of an ounce through that job. That's for sure. Oh, for sure, man. Like, <laughs> Cause I, I mean, that's a lot of what my photography is now is backpacking and just getting up to places that, you know, like 95% of people have never been before and just trying to experience that, um, experience that with a camera, which is totally different too. Cause you know, you're all that camera weight starts adding up real fast. And like this year I decided to switch to mirrorless and it's, it's been a, it's been positive for me. Like you know, carrying only like seven or eight pounds versus like 15 to 20 of camera stuff. You know what I mean? That's for sure. The, between the mirrorless and getting into a smaller carbon fiber tripod, I look back at some of those days. I'm just like, what the hell was I doing? Oh, me too, man. Like, I was carrying, I was carrying like, I remember this one trip, dude. Uh, so I, and I was going up to this really remote spot that was super steep to get to, and um, I didn't have a lightweight tent. I didn't have a lightweight sleeping bag. I didn't have a lightweight sleeping pad. And I was carrying the Nikon Trinity with me with like a five pound <laughs> tripod. And I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I'm lucky yeah. I didn't just destroy my legs. Like, I can't believe I was doing that stuff. And now it's like, oh, I've got a 35 pound pack and it's awesome. Well, you, you know? did. You just won't know it for another 10 or 15 years. Good call. Yeah, I'll probably wake up one day on my mid-40s and be like, I need knee surgery. When I was first starting, like, really backpacking, you know, the the backcountry photography, I think my tripod was, like, seven and a half pounds. Oh, yeah, dude, like, ridiculous. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. But, you know, back then, you don't have money. You can't, you know, you can't just throw it on, like, 800 bucks for a tripod back then. You just got to suck it up and go for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, re- <laughs> I don't even know if I've told this story in the podcast before, but I remember this one time. Um, 
I'll, it was, I'll never forget this because I was like one of the only dumb persons dumb enough to carry a tripod to the top of a 14er here in Colorado. <laughs> and I would do it like yeah. all the time. And so like, I remember this one time I climbed to the top of this 14er. And it was like, it's like a 20 mile hike to this one. And mm-hmm. I got up there and I'm like shooting. Um, I'm taking pictures of the maroon bells from there. I was top of a snow mass. And I had a tri- my tripod set up and everything. And this guy came up to the summit and he was like, are you Matt Payne? I'm like, yes. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I thought uh, you'd be the only person up here with a tripod. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I understand that. That's for sure. I've unfortunately done that myself. And um <laughs> yes you got I don't know if it's stupidity i don't know if it's just being really stubborn or really ambitious or some I think gray it's, area I think it's ambitious for sure yeah <laughs> yeah for no doubt like i mean there's the majority of photographers i feel like um aren't willing to put that much work into getting a photo which is too bad because i know some really really great photographers that i would love to see what they could do with some of the scenes that I see, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm just an above average photographer um, that just has a lot of ambition. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's some people that could do some of the places I go, like, way more justice than I do. Um, it's just too bad that people don't want to put in that extra work, you know? I feel the same way. I mean, uh, there's such great stuff back there, but... And, you know, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm not exactly a small dude. I'm a pretty well-statured guy. And, and you know, I tell, you know, people some of the, you know, some the hike in the John Muir Trail with a camera, right. tripod and all that. And they're like, you? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just used to it, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I like I don't, I don't I think like I man. look like your average, like, big backpacker, you know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you just, just tell people, I like pain. <laughs> I I really don't though. <laughs> so, man, tell me tell me about this gallery because um, like I feel like a lot a lot of people like that's kind of like the end game for some you know just you know in the back of their mind like that would be the coolest thing ever to have and but then like I don't know like I think about it a lot and I start you know I start doing some math and and like it would. I don't know. I don't know if it's sustainable. Like, so I'm just curious, like, how did you approach opening a gallery? And like, like, I want to know all about like your business planning and marketing strategy. Like now, not that you want to give away secrets or anything, but I just kind of want to know, like, how did, how did you arrive at the conclusion that this was something that you could do? Well, I guess I got to kind of, I got to start from quite a few years ago because this it it has been a goal of mine for a really really long time um i kind of you know i i live in bishop we have the famous mountain light gallery galen rails gallery yep um i think there's not for long you know unfortunately Uh yeah kind of bittersweet for sure um but uh you know when i when i first started photographing it was mainly a and I, and I think in one of your interviews, you, you said it was similar for you as well, but I kind of picked up a camera just because I was already backpacking. I was already hiking and fishing and camping, um, kind of grew up with that. My dad was really, uh, really focused on keeping me active back there. And his favorite thing in the world is fishing, hands down, loves fishing. And so, you know, we got to go a lot of really interesting places. Yeah, totally. And do a lot of really do a lot of really cool things. And so, as I kind of got into high school, you know, that kind of translated into, you know, taking buddies back there that haven't really been there before, <laughs> and um, and you know, just introducing people and just kind of continuing on with what I was already doing. So I got a little point and shoot when like three megapixels was the highest you could buy. And, but I bought it just cause like, it's like, you know, I just want to document this stuff, you know, I, you know, there's great sunsets, there's beautiful lakes, there's, you know, beautiful views and good times. Yeah, and, totally. That was the same for me, man. Like I wasn't trying to like 
wow the world with my photos. I just wanted to take pictures and remember the adventures I went on. Exactly. Yeah. But it's funny because on the very first backpacking trip uh, that I went on, me and a couple other buddies, we went up uh, Bishop Creek Canyon and we went up Bishop Pass and had this, I think back on it now and it, it's funny, but just this explosive blood red sky over all the mountains, you know, just, you know, the light that we all live for. And, uh, and I'm photo, you know, taking it with my little digital camera and I'm like, <laughs> well, how come the, you know, how come the sky looks good and everything else is black or how come every, you know, all the foreground's right. good and the sky's completely white. Right. I don't understand this. Right. And from then on that just started this, you know, 13 year addiction pretty much. Um, you know, I, I almost immediately started learning about, uh, at the time, you know, graduated neutral density filters, again, another huge Galen Rao concept and, you know, really innovative with those and, you know, launched his own line of those. Um, so I got one of those super cheap, uh, um, what were the Koken? Koken. Yeah. Koken P filter or whatever. Yes. With the horrendous magenta shift all over the place. Right. And, and uh, so I'm like trying to hold one of those in front of this little digital camera. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is definitely not going to work. And uh, eventually got my first digital SLR. You know, really started learning those filters and kind of, you know, read, I, more so um, really starting to study Galen's work. And then... Studying Galen's work kind of led into studying Ansel Adams' work. Obviously, they're, you know, the grandfathers of the Sierra photography. You sure. Know? And, uh, and so I would go into Galen's gallery. God, there's times I was going in there like three times a week. I would go in there just to look at one aspect of a photo and just be like, okay, okay, I think I got this, you know. <laughs> That's and awesome, then go out man. And then- and then go out in the field and be like, oh, I fucked that up pretty good. Okay, never mind. I need to go look at that one more time. And uh, and so, you know, just, just going into his place so many times and just constantly studying, I, you know, at first it was all just about studying his photography. And then I kind of find myself, you know, looking at like, oh, why is this photo next to this photo? And why is this wall painted this color? And oh, why wow. is this laid out this way? And so it... it you know, over time, it really started to transform a little more into this studying the physical space as well as the photographs. And that kind of evolved into, man, I, I think it would be really awesome to have my own gallery one day. Um, and so I started, when did, when did you, when did you have that realization? That was probably it was on one of my trips back home from college. I think it was on, it was on one of my uh, summer trips back because I would always come back here um, to backpack during the summers. And I, you know, I, I was up in Idaho. I went to Boise for college, and there's some really great stuff up there. Some oh, really, for sure. even, even still completely untapped, you know, just beautiful wilderness, beautiful mountains. Um, and I was really, uh, Idaho was kind of my, kind of refining myself and refining my work a little more. Um, so, and so I was coming. So what period of time was that though? Like, um, like 2000s or let's see. Your uh, yeah, that was probably like 2006, okay. 2007, yeah, okay. around in there. Um, so like so, 10 years ago about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I was kind of refining my work. I kept looking at his gallery. I started doing kind of what I think a lot of people do. Like, you know, you throw some photos up in a coffee shop. You throw some photos up in a restaurant. Um, Super hit and miss, you know, if you sell something or whatever. And uh, I started kind of getting a little more serious and doing some art shows up in Idaho. Um, And then when I got the job at the Forest Service down here, I uh, really started to focus on, like, I really want to display my work. Like, it it's always been about the print for me. Um, hmm. I've always just, I, and I think it's just, you know, going in mountain light all the time, but it's always been about the, the true finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So I started doing shows down in L.A., uh, in Venice at the G2 Gallery. And then I finally started uh, showing work up in my area at the Mammoth Gallery and then kind of became a, the featured artist there for quite a few years. And so I, I've kind of had this little hint in my mind, like, I really just want to open my own gallery, like have my space, me design it. I pick the images and kind of like, you know, define someone who comes in, kind of define their experience and how they experience my gallery, similar to what I used to do. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, so the Mammoth Gallery, which was kind of my main venue, uh, one day the manager called and said, oh, they sold, you know, they sold the building out from under us. And so we have to move our gallery and the owner doesn't want to relocate. Oh, no. And that was, yeah. And, you know, that was a pretty substantial loss of income and just, you know, where else am I going to show my photos kind of you know, almost insecurity kind of thing. And so I pretty much just started looking for spaces and pulled the trigger. Wow. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Cause, um, so at that point in time was photography, like your sole incomes before you even know. No. No, okay. No, I've always had, I've always had full-time jobs pretty much for the most part, except for some downtime, uh, in the winters with the forest service when you can't, really work on trails because it's buried under 30 feet of snow right right but, <laughs> so but no i've always had I, even right now i still have a full-time job yeah, but, i was gonna um, ask like so you have a gallery <laughs> and you have a job and and some side jobs on top of that too Damn, dude. But, <laughs> but i actually uh i just put in uh my final time at the day job and gonna gonna give this thing a full-time go wow man that's sweet but also probably like kind of nerve wracking, I would assume. No, no. not for me. No. You're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm a pretty confident guy. I, I actually have some really great. Um, I r- currently right now I run computer networks, so I have a really good. I have a really good um, skill set to fall back on if ever, it, you know if shit hits the fan and everything fails, which I don't think it will. But I have, you know, I have a good skill set that that is fairly desirable and I can always fall back on that if I need to. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to, like any artist probably needs to be able to be diversified in their revenue stream, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to an extent, we'll see where this thing goes. I would like to not have to worry about anything else and just keep doing what I love, but you never know. The future is always uncertain and it's always good to have options. So you opened in like July or August. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before you opened though, like, did you do a lot of like, I don't know, like business planning and kind of like figuring out like how, how much like, I mean, did you get loans? Like, I'm really curious about the business side of, of all that because I've always pondered something like that. I don't think it'll ever happen for me, but I think a lot of people think about that. Whenever I see someone opening something like that here in Durango, I'm like, huh. I always just kind of wonder, like, how did how did they do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, for sure. Because it's not – I mean, I don't know how it is in Bishop, but here in Durango, I mean – if you want a space that's good enough to display, you know, a, a chunk of photos, you probably are spending like three to four thousand dollars a month in rent. Um, and then so then you start to do the math and you're like, OK, <laughs> so just to make rent, I have to sell like X amount of prints. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like I'm assuming you you did a little bit of that work in terms of figuring out what it would need, what you would need to do to sustain it. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I, uh, I I have a pretty good foundation. Um, I know that I know that people in this area like my work, and I know that they buy my work. Um, and that's what I was kind of going like, you know, it's really good just to kind of, you know, put your work out in some other, you know, some other places and see what your response is. Yeah. Like. You know, if you put your photos in a gallery and you don't sell a thing, then, you know, you obviously have to question either is it the people don't like my work, you know, is it because there's a huge, 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 huge difference 
between people that buy photography and what other photographers think about your work. Mm. Um, like, you know, us as photographers, we can see images and just be mind blown and just, oh my God, that is the sickest photo I've ever seen. Right. But at the same time, there's, you know, there's a chance that no one would ever buy it. Like, you know, we as the artists and we as, you know, the contemporaries appreciate it greatly. But what we appreciate doesn't necessarily mean that's what, you know, a non-photographer wants on their wall, for instance. So, so what, um, do you, what would you, if you could, I mean, like we could probably talk about this for two or three hours, but how would you boil down those differences um, between what is um, something our fellow artists appreciate versus what someone would buy? You know, a really good example would be like, you know, we're always striving to find um, a unique location, uh, you know, and photograph something no one's ever seen. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean... <laughs> That because we appreciate it for its uniqueness and, you know, we appreciate it for all of its technical aspects. We appreciate it for its uniqueness, its newness. You know, your average person that wants something on their wall might not literally not even look twice at mm -hmm. it. It's, it's, it's really, it's weird. It, it's really interesting, but um, yeah, it's just, it, it's strange. And I, I'm really lucky here because we have so much uniqueness in the Sierras and there still is so many things people haven't photographed, but the Sierras have such a huge community, obviously outside of photographers that just love this area. Sure. Well, I mean, and it's California. So you have a large population that as well. Um, you know, we are a big tourist kind of center and, and people love coming here. They love our mountains. They love our lakes. They, you know, they have an emotional response to this area right. and therefore can have an emotional response to the images. They can connect to them immediately. And it's funny because even, you know, even ones that, that uh, there's a lake, but there's a lake below uh, Mount Whitney that I've never seen anyone photograph before. And I have this huge print of it in the gallery. It, it's very, it's super unique. It's a, it's a beautiful image, and and I think it's super unique. I've never seen anyone photograph this, but people come in all the time. Oh my god, I've walked right by that lake, and they don't photograph it, but they're avid hikers, they're avid climbers, they're, you know, they know exactly where it is, and I could show that, you know, to ninety nine percent of photographers, they have no idea what that is. It, you know, it's just it's it's interesting. It is interesting because. I feel like, um, I mean, I think about that about my own work and it's like a lot of my stuff is, I mean, I'm taking pictures of like these, like from these remote mountains that like only, I mean, only a few thousand people have ever been to. So like, so the market for my photo is like a few thousand people maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Versus, like, a place, I mean, you think about, um, like, Yosemite, like, millions of people go there, um, and so, like, when they see a photo that's really good of Yosemite, they're like, oh, I love that place, I want something to remember my trip there, so it's interesting to think yeah. about, like, what, like, what motivates someone to buy an image versus, because I think, I, I love this conversation, because I think there's this huge difference between what makes a great photograph and what makes a great photograph that sells. And I, and I feel yeah. like that's part of, that's part of the business side of landscape photography that, um, leaves me feeling, uh, I guess salty, like, like a little <laughs> salty, like, uh, like, Hey, this is a place that you'll never be able to go. You'll never see with your own eyes. Like you should want to have this on your wall. Versus like a bluebird day at this place that a million people have seen. You know what I mean? Like uh, the yeah, effort course. between like you could drive your car to this spot and get the same photo. Um, 
Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it bothers me. Totally. It shouldn't bother me, but it bothers me. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, you know, you're dead on. That That's the whole thing. And, you know, and I think you can attribute that to really any type of art. It's like, you know, oh, I even if you're a painter, you're like, I use this experimental <laughs> right, technique right, right, on right. this. And, like, it took me, you know, 10 years to figure this out. And look how amazing this is. You look how unique. it doesn't unique. connect to the person, it doesn't And the person connect. goes, I'll take the sunflower. Yeah, exactly. I'll take the sunflower right next to it. That's, that's awesome, you know. <laughs> You're like, oh, my oil and, painting of a sunflower that I had sitting on my desk. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and for me personally, that's what I, I really try to, um, uh, like, I don't, for me, I don't go out and shoot specifically for the fact like oh this image will Uh sell um and if that was the case i'd have a ton of mediocre photos in the gallery and it's just not my you know motivation yes i want to sell photos obviously um but i still try to and, and maybe i'm in a unique situation like i said i can shoot unique things you know, to photographers, but they're not necessarily unique to people that visit this area frequently. No, I don't think that's and unique. So, I mean, like, uh, uh, it's going to take me a minute or two to tell this story, but I think it's relevant. <laughs> and so I'm going to try to do it quickly. But uh, so I have this um, blog article on one of my websites that I wrote like in 2010, um, where I it's it's titled like the 20 best landscape photographers in Colorado. And it's crazy. Like if you Google, oh, I saw that. Yeah, if you Google uh, mm-hmm. best landscape photographers Colorado, like it's like the first hit, like and it has been for years. So like mm-hmm. naturally, like every couple months, people will email me to be like, I want to be on your website. I want to be on your list. You know, like <laughs> so I got this email like maybe two three months ago from this guy in Denver. Um, I won't say his name on the podcast, uh, but. Um, he was, he sent me this super fucking arrogant email. Like I'm the highest selling, uh, photographer in Colorado. Like just last week I sold $10,000 worth of prints. I'm in many, many executives and fortune 500 companies, um, offices and homes. And like, like he just talked himself up in his email and I was like, holy shit, I've never heard of this guy. He must be a badass. So I went to his website and I was like, Wow. A bluebird day of Mount Sneffels. Congratulations. You could I could take that with my iPhone off of the highway. Like you are awesome. And like and of course oh, like I'm God. like, oh this is ridiculous. How does this guy make so much money taking such shitty photos? And what I realize, of course, is that people aren't buying his photos because his photos are good. He's, they're buying his photos because he's A, taking photos people can connect to because they've been there. And B, because he's really, really fucking good at marketing and selling his stuff. And that doesn't necessarily make him a good photographer. Um, So I was like, no, I'm good. You're not going to be on my website. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Well, and like like I was saying, that's what I'm always trying to like. I'm trying to straddle this. I know I'm not the best photographer in the world. There's some really. Me neither. I mean, God. You know, (laughs) most, most of your podcast is just ridiculous the amount of talent insane Um, like i put that one post out there the other day and like uh there was a lot of people i recognized you know i was asking people to say who would you want to hear on the podcast and there's a lot of people recognized but there was a lot of people i was like oh i've never heard of them i looked at i'm like holy shit they have amazing work (laughs) i mean it's there's a lot of talent really they really do yeah there's and you know i'm not you know just because i have a gallery and just because i sell work i'm not better than anyone like I, I don't try to put myself on any kind of pedestal, and I hope I never do. If I do, you have permi- permission to just come punch me in the junk whenever you want. But, uh, I totally you know, will. I just, I just love what I do, man, and I, I like talking with people about it. I, uh, I, um, it's just been a dream of mine, and you know, if, if anyone else, if you know, like I said, there's so much talent out there. If you guys want to open a gallery, go for it, man. We only live once. Like true that, true that. Do what you got to do, you know. Just do what you got to do and see what happens. There's only one way to know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like first of all, to make it sustainable, you have to have a passion for. It. Like, obviously, you have a passion for you. I mean, I'm sure you sit in your gallery and if people walk in, you're just like you would love you would talk to them for hours and not make a sale and be happy. I'm sure. 
you know, because you're getting to talk about your photography. Like, it's so funny. My wife and my best friend, um, every time I post a photo or something or like we inevitably, you know, photography comes up in conversations around other people. And um, so they have this joke where, like, have you heard of matte paint photography? It's really cool. Like, just making fun of me, you know, like, because I get really into talking about it. And so they just make fun of me about it. But um, I feel like that passion has to be the thing that drives it, you know, like, if that's not there, then, it does. you know, you, I think people can tell, like, oh, you're just trying to do this for money. Yeah, for sure. And I think that... uh you know, I've had a lot of conversations with, you know, other photographers. I think you can see that in people's work. And I think you can see that in the body of their work, mm. too. Uh, like, I almost kind of feel like we're on this, you know, I feel like the kind of the amount of photographers that that really love what they do. And I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's like one of those predator-prey graphs. It, like, spikes up and then it drops down mm. completely and... You know, you see these people that, you know, produce some, some good images, but it almost feels like there's no heart in them. And then eventually you don't see them anymore in, in a mm-hmm, year or two, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of disappear. And and uh, I, I think it, I don't know, I I think that heart shows in the work, especially in the long run. I, I, I just think it does. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain no, it. I but totally agree. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I've. I think I had a similar conversation a few weeks ago with someone else. Like, you, there's people, you know, they get into photography and then they, they try to get all these trophy shots, you know, and then and then and then they kind of bow out because, you know, it yeah. can't be about getting the trophy shot. It has to be more than that to somebody for it to be a long-lasting thing. I think. Yeah. Well, and and you could say the same thing about the processing too. Like, you'll see a couple people. You know, they'll take, you know, a couple of the higher end processing workshops. All of a sudden their, you know, their processing jumps up, you know, tenfold and then you never see them again. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's it is weird. weird. Yeah. So uh, tell me, tell me more about. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk more about was the difference between um, uh like seeing photos on social media or on the web versus like seeing them in person. And I know we touched on it a little with, you know, at the gallery, but, um, every time I print my work, um, I kind of go on this little, like, I don't know, tirade is the right word, but like, I get really excited about <laughs> telling other people like, you really should print your work. Cause like, it's so cool to yeah. see the end product and, and like touch it and see it with your own eyes. Like, there's just something about it that is magical. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's the magic, man. I swear you, you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'll be the first one to tell you, like, I am so bad at social media. It is <laughs> the single thing that I despise about, you know, our industry as a whole. Like, I hate posting stuff. I hate trying to write stuff about the photo that i'm posting and it just always feels so hollow to me and it always has i've 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 really struggled with that um because you know it's just like you post something up oh that's pretty that's awesome and i don't know it's it's so like superficial um and i just hate it man i the only reason i do it as much as i do and which is not very much at all is because my wife's on my ass about it constantly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's the pretty much the single handed reason. Well, that, that and David, David Thompson, he, uh, he's always just like, no, what the <laughs> fuck like, are you doing? He's like, where'd you putting more stuff out there? Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, uh, you know, David's one of the very, very few people, um, David Thompson and Nick Selway, they're, I really consider them some of my closest friends. And uh, they pretty much see everything that I do, and they're the only ones that do. Um, That's funny. <laughs> they're like, why aren't you posting stuff? You need to post stuff. And I don't know. i just not super into it. Um, it would obviously be great for the gallery and probably good for business. But, you it's... know, I a lot of the time that people are, 
you know, yip yapping on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. I, I just try to get some work done. I, I try to print stuff. I try to work on my prints and try to better my prints. And that's what's kind of more fulfilling for me. Not to, you know, not to knock anyone. Like, on, I understand. Like, I need to be doing social media and marketing and that digital platform more. It's just, it's just hard for me. And the nice thing about having the gallery or even doing gallery shows or, you know, having stuff up is, you know, the people that come in, you get to have real conversations about when you're, work. You're developing a relationship too. Exactly. And whether that's, you know, totally some random person walking off the street, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, a photographer you've never met, except for you've, you know, you've had a little bit of conversation on Facebook or whatever. It's like you get to meet face to face and have like a legitimate discussion about images and you get to have a legitimate discussion about prints and it's just so much more fulfilling. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I don't... yeah. You know, that's funny you say that. Cause, um, I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. Not that, I mean, I, I, I would love to be able to do that cause I've, I've had, um, I've had some photos in a couple galleries and, you know, gone to some of the like showings and people come and like ask you questions and it's super fun and super awesome and it's all you know I love it and I've even gotten like a couple customers that way and stuff like that but um there's there's something uh there's something really cool about that but I'm like the opposite like I'm all over social media but I gotta tell you like it's I don't know I I don't think it's really gotten me that much you know like years and years and years of work on social media um i don't have that much to show for it to be honest with you like part of my i i can't i look at social media it's kind of like a game like it's kind of fun to try to play the game um but it i think it's it is an important aspect of of running a business to some degree but that face-to-face is seems like it's way more important if you have a storefront yeah, it uh, it is super important. There's just no question about it. I just suck <laughs> so bad. Ugh, I just suck so bad at it. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, and there is, I mean, obviously, there's other photographers out there. They've got that shit dialed. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, the audience they have. And, you know, more power to them. Freaking awesome. Um, I don't know. I just kind of... You know, I'll, I'll probably, I mean, in all honesty, I'm probably just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm lucky if I post one, two photos a month and, and just keep, you know, just keep talking with people about it and, you know, face to face. It's, it's a lot funner interaction, honestly, you know, all of a sudden that, you know, someone who on Instagram or whatever be like, oh, that's a beautiful picture. All of a sudden, you know, when you're standing there next to them, it becomes more of a, like, wow, you know, this photo, it, it really reminds me of this, or this photo makes me really feel this way. And, you know, it, it, I, it's funny because I've, I've met a couple people that they really, um, like, we all kind of go generally for an, a specific emotional response with our images. Like, um, sometimes those can be extremely complex, and sometimes, like for me, I can't even describe the emotion I'm going after. It's a mix of a bunch of stuff. And I've had a couple people come in and they look at an image. There's one in particular that um, it's that mud cracks in Death Valley. And it's a, it's a really cool toned image. And, and uh, I had a person come in and they're just like, you know, there's a, there's a solemn uh, optimism to this photo. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of going for. Like, you know, it's totally the, the emotions don't even make sense. But that's yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just cool. You get to have real conversations about it. Yeah, and it's really fun. Yeah, and I I think that's what um, it's kind of funny. Like, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast much. I don't think, but um, that 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 emotional connection to images, um, I feel like. Uh, that's something that's hard to, like, you can't really teach that, I don't think, like, because, I mean, I personally, when I'm out 
taking photos. Like I'm not trying to convey an emotion personally, but I'm not a very mm-hmm. emotional person in general. Like, like I took the Myers Briggs type indicator, and I have zero F, like zero feeling. Like <laughs> I'm all thinking, <laughs> and so like and it's not to say that I don't have emotions, but like it's not the first thing that um, that I'm drawn to in terms of when I'm out doing stuff. Although, I mean, I do get emotional when I'm out taking photos, but I don't, it, mm-hmm. I don't feel like the emotions are what I'm trying to translate into the photo, which I think at the end of the day makes it harder for people to connect with your photography. That could be. And, you know, in certain situations, it's obviously either, you know, it's easier than others and you can kind of push the point with processing, you know, as well. You know, there's some moody processors out there, man. Sure, they, sure. they really make you They're like, Oh yeah, I feel that. Like, <laughs> right, like Oh man. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go shoot up some heroin. Like I'm feeling really down right now. Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, like super dark and uh, like taking you to this lonely place in your soul. Like uh, I don't know if I want to go there right now. Well, and and even the opposite too. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, there's there's cheery images that you look at and you're like, how can you not feel good looking? Oh, at this? for sure, like, for sure. You know, now you look at it and you're like, oh man, like that looks fucking glorious. <laughs> like I want to be there right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, you know, there's so much in art, in all mediums, you you know, there's a, there's an emotional response, even if you don't even realize it, even on like horrible images, your emotional response is, well, that sucks. I don't want to look at that anymore. (laughs) Or you can have, you know, this, oh, that's beautiful. Oh my God, I feel inspired or, you know, or the moody or, you know. We always have an emotional response, even if we don't even realize it. Every time we look at it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I guess it's harder for me because my when I look at, um, huh, when I'm looking at other people's photography, I I can't really actually tell you a time. I might have to think about it hard, but well, there that tells you right now. I'm always thinking and not feeling, (laughs) like. Like, my first reaction isn't a feeling. It's usually a thought. Like, huh, like, how did they do that? Or um, or what was it like to be there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the feeling yeah. usually comes later for me. And so that, I, just, I think that, that that's an interesting uh, distinction for people to think about or feel, I guess. <laughs> I mean, when you're in the field, like, are you thinking about the process or are you feeling the moment that you're in? Because... Um, when, yeah, like, I don't even know how to go on about it, but I think it's, I think sometimes that is, cause I, I, uh, a buddy of mine, Kane, like he, he loves taking, or used to, I don't know if he still does, but he, he has a ton of really amazing photos from, uh, this lake in Rocky Mountain National Park called Dream Lake in the winter. So it's, oh, you know, yeah, everything's yeah. blue and, and so he was He's, we were talking about it because he, cause he has all these really cool shots of it. And, and his wife's like, Kane, I don't, these photos make me feel cold. And I don't want to feel cold. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. Like, uh, he's like, well, I never really thought about that. But um, I, I just thought they looked really cool. You know, like, it's, it's interesting what people feel when they look at an image versus, like, when a photographer, especially someone who's been doing it a long time, when you look at an image, sometimes you're like, I just really like the way it looks, you know, which which is <laughs> yeah. different than the way the way it makes you feel. Well, and you brought up an is- interesting point there because, um, you know, at least from my experience so far, and and I've read some articles about this too. Um, man, it's it's the wifey, it's the <laughs> it's the girlfriend who's going to decide what's going up on that oh, wall. No, I'll tell you no. right now. Like, like they're like, I'm not gonna have some forty by sixty up on the wall that makes you feel cold every day. That shit ain't exactly. gonna happen. Like, <laughs> like that's gonna make me feel happy. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they're man. They they got a lot of the pull when it comes to the art buying. Man. Although, uh, funny story, a little bit. Uh, I've only I 
I think I've only sold one 40 by 60 and it was of a winter scene. <laughs> and it was like the wife making the decision, but she liked it because the colors matched the, the furniture they had in the house. <laughs> that's, you know, that's another critical, that's another critical component. You really, uh, you know, when I was designing the gallery and, and really starting to pick out the images, um, I, uh, you know, I always, I defer pretty much everything I do to David Thompson. <laughs> He's, he's my go-to on everything. <laughs> and I, uh, I value his opinion more than anyone because he's the most legit dude. He'll just straight up tell he's you like, like no, you're that full sucks. Like, yeah. He's like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, no, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I sent him, you know, I actually designed like in Photoshop, I kind of made like a, um, oh, like a mock-up. Yeah. Like a mock-up of the yeah. gallery with each image and kind of size proportional, and he's like, where's your green, dude? <laughs> and I'm like, shit, man. Sierras don't have green. Like, I mean, we do a little bit, but it's mostly sagey yeah. color. And he's like, you need some green. You need to break this color palette up. And, and so I ended up doing, a, you know, a couple of Aurora shots oh, yeah, and sure. a couple of organ shots. But, you know, it's, it's a whole other thing. Like, you know, in a gallery, you can't, you can't just put up your favorite images. Right. You know, people have, especially in their houses um you know oh we have blood red walls and we have a blood red couch like what's gonna look good against right. that and you know, there's a lot of design elements that all of a sudden come into play there and just as much as we you know we're looking for analogous or we're looking for um complementary colors in photos all of a sudden a physical space becomes the same exact thing and you know oh the whole the whole house is off white with yellows. Well, well, maybe some orange will look good in there. It'll kind of play off some of the stuff or, you know, oh, we have really dark, dark wood furniture. Okay. What's going to play off of those kind of bring out some of those warmer tones in the dark. Right. You know, there's a lot of elements of that too. That's, you know, that we are always looking for in our photographs, but you know, it, it does all of that translate into physical space and, you know, giving advice to the customers and you know helping them make their space look beautiful as well yeah it's it's funny though because like you said like oh we're looking for that in photos and i don't know when i'm out take maybe i'm you know i don't own a gallery but i'm i'm usually not thinking about like what will look good on a wall i'm usually just thinking about like what what do i think looks good to my eye and maybe maybe that's my problem <laughs> well no, I, I'm the same exact way. I, I don't go out and shoot for what's going to look great in a print. Yeah. I, you know, I just shoot what I want to shoot and have fun doing it. And, but, you know, like I said, I've been doing it for 13 years. I have a lot of options to choose from, especially when, oh, yeah, right. you know, when people are asking and, and, you know, they want advice or they want color advice. I mean, I, I've got a pretty, uh, I've got a sizable portfolio that I can kind of always refer back to. Right, like, I know just the photo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, numerous times, oh, I know exactly what you need. Yeah. I mean, really, That's go cool. on and pull it up, and they're like, yep, got it. Nice. Perfect. Nice. Well, and there's other times, too, where they're like, well, I want this location, but I want it, you know, with a pink sunset. And you're like, well, I, I don't got that. I don't know what to tell you. So. They're like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had a lot of people ask me stuff like that too, and it's like I don't have that. I'm sorry. I mean, it, you know, location plus color plus time of day or something like that. It's like yeah, uh, it ain't gonna happen. It yeah, just ain't gonna happen. Sorry, you can't I, please everyone. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, couple more. Th uh, there's a couple more topics I wanted to talk to you about, but um, probably not gonna have time. So. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> but um, that's a good thing because we've covered a lot of ground. Um, so I'm sure you know uh, one of the questions I like to ask everyone is based on the name of the podcast, F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen, um, what advice do you have for other landscape photographers? I think, um, you know, one thing that I've really been, I've had a lot of, up and coming, uh, you know, landscape photographers, especially lately come into the gallery. And I think one of the things that this doesn't apply to anyone that's, you know, obviously been on your podcast or 
at all. But, um, you know, maybe if someone up and coming is listening to this, uh, <laughs> you're not you're not going to make it in a year. Um, you're probably not going to make it in two years. And you're probably not going to make it in five years. <laughs> um, I have so many people come in. Yeah, you know, I'm a professional photographer. I've been shooting for a year. I'm like, um, no, you're, you're, you're probably not. Uh, and you look at their body of work and it's really apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, just being, being patient. I mean, we've, a lot of us, we've been doing this for a long time and it takes a long time to build up a portfolio, to learn all the skills, to, you know, just really get in a groove and kind of find yourself with all of this. Um, just really be patient. Um, it takes a long time, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, um, it's funny, the longer the longer that I've been doing it, the more I realize that I have a lot more to learn and to work on in terms of um, getting the images that, that I think are high quality, but also, like, you know, that depth and... And, you know, there's a lot of nuance, too, around, like, what makes a good photo. And when you're yeah. first starting out, like, everyone around you is telling you how fucking great you are. And it, <laughs> I don't know, unless you're super grounded, like, it goes to your head real fast. And, you, and you're like, yep. I am badass. And <laughs> and then you start realizing, not really. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. That the doubts come in. <laughs> yeah. And then you go into, like. Oh, I'm worse now than I was before I picked up a camera. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, the other thing I would say, and and that would maybe apply more generally would just be, don't lose the fun with it. Like for sure. I think a lot. I think a lot of people, they just they take it way too serious. For me, this has always been a fun thing, and I hope that it always is a fun thing. And honestly, when it stops becoming fun, I probably won't do it anymore. But it, it's all about the fun and the enjoyment and, you know, enjoy what we're doing. We get to work in the most beautiful areas in the freaking world. Like, if that's not humbling, I don't know what is. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's a, that's good advice because I, I found myself being in situations where I'm like, this this isn't fun with photography, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like conditions are bad or or something terrible like this last trip I went on like I had to get my car towed and I was like this sucks I I saw that you got ran off the road there but it was it it ended well but you know at the when it happened I was like oh this is so dumb like I just wasted this whole day (laughs) like I took this day off of work and now like I took it off work so I can get my car towed that's awesome but fortunately like the next the day after that it was awesome again so it was fine well, I know, I know you got one more question, and I know we're running short on time. I do. But, um, you know, you've, you've interviewed a lot of people so far. And the last question you just asked, you've asked, what, 25 people now or more? Yeah. What, uh, what does it mean to you coming, you know, from the interviewer himself? What, what does that title mean to you? Well, that's a cool question. I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, honestly, when I first started the podcast, um, I felt like I felt like landscape photography was missing a space um, where people could just have honest and casual conversations um, that weren't about like self promotion or like dogging on other people. And, um, for me, the collaboration part is, um, making a focused effort every single time you can to be positive about other people's work and about landscape photography. Even if, um, like someone posts a photo you don't like, like be, find a way to like talk to them say, Hey man, like that's a cool idea. Like, have you tried this? Um, cause I feel like you know, I've been in some like Facebook groups and stuff like that where people just dog on other photographers like in private and like, you know, or like people make fun of other people's post-processing or um, I feel like it's just highly competitive and like kind of out of control sometimes. Like people just 
making fun of other people or like talking shit about other artists and I feel like at the end of the day like those people aren't in it to make a bunch of money like and they're not serious competition and they're not threatening you so like what are you getting out of making fun of them like it's an ego boost for you so to me like collaborating is all about elevating uh the craft of landscape photography with everyone like beginners and professionals and and for everyone in between like you know like high tide rises all boats you know like like, <laughs> like let's find a way to yeah it's funny uh my buddy kane um i was just talking to him about this the other day when we were out shooting back in like 2011 i took this photo from the top of a 14 or right at sunrise like it was one of the most amazing moments in my life um, and it was an okay photograph that I took, but like I overprocessed the shit out of it and it looked really bad, <laughs> but like, I was so proud of it, you know, and I, I thought it was so amazing and I shared it everywhere I could, you know, um, cause you know, there's not a lot of people taking sunrise photos at the top of 14,000 foot mountains. That's for sure. <laughs> and so I thought it was really cool and, and it it was cool, but like, if you know looking back on the processing it was bad you know like the processing is just wasn't good and i've never done that yeah, ever exactly exactly <laughs> i was new you know like i didn't know and uh but i posted it um on 14 com, and i was like look at this photo i took in the top of wetterhorn at sunrise and i'll never forget like and he was someone i looked up to at the time like as an accomplished landscape photographer and i'd never really talked to him before but I knew him really well, like I knew of him, you know, like I really liked his work and yeah. he didn't say a single bad thing about my photo. All he said was like, really great job, tremendous effort, um, super great work, like keep at it. Like next time bring a tripod with you. Like, you know, he was just really encouraging. He didn't mm -hmm. like say that processing looks like shit and you should like just quit you just quit now you know just stop me you know he was encouraging and like to me like i always look back at that and like like that's what landscape photography should be about is like encouraging other people and sharing and helping each other out and working together to make it a better thing for everyone so for me that's what it's about and you say you're not an emotional person <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm being serious man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean so anyway good question nice no that was awesome man that was really cool so all right man so final question who would you want to hear on the podcast i've got a couple um you know it's god you've you've had some giants on the podcast already so it does make it difficult for me <laughs> um but uh ian plant yep, yep. uh always been one of my favorites for a long time i really love his work um had a couple of super super small interactions with him online but seems like a super cool dude and i love his work um my uh my hawaii boys uh well, nick selway he's i was gonna guess cj kill and nick selway yeah well nick's getting ready to open a gallery over in your state yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. could be for could be for a really cool conversation. CJ's done some wacky stuff. He's an amazing storyteller for sure. He, that that guy will tell you how he feels about everything 100% honest, and he does not care. <laughs> and it's it's funny to listen to. Um, also, there they have another partner, Don Herzler. Uh, Don's a really uh, I don't even know. He's old. He's he's old. I don't even know how old. <laughs> But uh, he's he's a good friend of mine. He's a retiree. He's had an amazing corporate career. Oh, cool! And that dude just shoots, man. He's always out shooting. Um, he's got amazing stories. I think he's got a really unique perspective on a lot of this too. Okay, yeah. Totally. Um, you know, he's he's got a crazy background. It could be a really good interview. Um, besides that. Damn, I had a list somewhere, actually, because I've been thinking about this question. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th those are those are the real big ones for me. That uh, Oh, Aaron Reed, I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I would love to hear Aaron Reed talk. I talk yippy-yap with him a little bit every now and again, but he's a successful dude. I'd love to hear his perspective on some things. Yeah, yeah, I've um, been wanting to have him on, too, because, um, you know, he's all about printing as well. 
Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I just kind of recently started talking with him. Seems like a really cool dude. Um, yeah, I mean that's that that cool. That's all I could think of off the top of my head. I had a list somewhere. I don't know where. It no, went, that's but. a that's a, that's a strong <laughs> list, man. That's super strong list for sure. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for uh, flipping it on me with the question. That was a fir- that was a first. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> Uh, to get more people to ask me some wacky questions sometime. I agree. I agree. That was fun. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the podcast. It was really fun, man. The time just flew. It it really did. I had a really great time, man. That was fun. I was like, oh shit, we're running out of time. We gotta stop. (laughs) 